This is it. The first episode of Trying Again with me, Rachel Smith. Whatever's brought you to this podcast, you are very welcome. Trying Again is a story of miscarriage. It's a personal podcast of passion as I explore this usually silent world and decide whether I want to try again after multiple miscarriages. The conversations and stories that feature in the podcast will be frank and they may be difficult. The last couple of times we've had our own parking space at the hospital. (laughs) It always is a Friday, you know it is. (laughs) But they are needed. We are all very conscious that because of restricted health services, more women are now miscarrying at home. According to the stats, miscarriage affects one in four pregnancies. The NHS website says miscarriage is the loss of a pregnancy during the first 23 weeks. It says the main sign of a miscarriage is vaginal bleeding, which may be followed by cramping and pain in your lower abdomen. It was my experience of multiple miscarriages and undergoing tests at the Thomas Miscarriage Research Centre that made me realise how silent this subject is. Then, the more I researched, the more I realised I could shine a light on it, even just a little bit, if I shared my story. This wasn't an easy decision, nor a quick one. At times I've doubted whether I should tell it. I've kept a lot of this close to my chest. The pain is real. The grief is crippling. I'd written a short blog about my first miscarriage back when it all started. It's out on the web anonymously because back then I didn't have the guts to speak openly about it. After my last one, I was left feeling pretty broken, asking... Why me? I'm not religious, spiritual perhaps, but I don't find comfort in scriptures. I find some comfort in reading and hearing other people's stories. It makes me feel less lonely, I guess, and so you can expect some of that in this podcast. I figured I'd know how to use a microphone, and then I figured, why not me? So, here we are. And you're very much part of this journey. I want to hear your stories and memories. I'll be sharing my blog posts, diary notes and personal memories from that time, and some truths as I decide whether to try again. Baby or no baby, who knows how this will end. So all that said, now to the difficult part, telling you my story. That's what we're going to get into in episode two. I've gone through my diary notes and blog posts to help jog my memory and pull together the highs and lows of those first 12 weeks. What you will hear won't be an easy listen. Let's be real, miscarriage is rubbish and there's no hiding that this topic is a sad one. What it will be is honest. In this episode, I want to chat a bit about COVID-19. Yes, coronavirus. You see, I started this year with all the best intentions to get this podcast out there, to finally start to talk about it all. Honestly, you wouldn't believe the journey that I've been on to get to this point. I might share it later if it's interesting for you. But anyway, back to January. Picture this, I'm sat at my kitchen table, it's a Sunday, and I'm researching what's the best microphone to use. How do I connect said microphone to a recording device? Do I need a mixing desk? What is the difference between an XLR male and an XLR female cable? I am way out of my depth with this, so I go to Facebook, look on some podcast support groups, and I see that people make podcasts with their mobile phones and I begin to calm down. While I'm there, I look at some miscarriage support groups. In front of me is a cup of green tea. To the right, there's a huge dragon tree that's been with me since my first flat. To the left, there's photographs of Lee and I on holiday. I look happy in those photos. 
I digress. I sit typing emails and joining groups and reading stories about other people's losses and it all triggers and I begin to feel emotional and start to think this is a really stupid idea. I pause and then I read another story and then I'm back on track. And that's me most Sundays, typing, planning, writing. Then COVID-19 strikes and the rest you'll know. Lockdown and social distancing. I'm a lucky one who can work from home. The day job goes into breaking news mode for months. My weekends, I'm a mix of sleep and planning and researching and sunbathing. Focusing my energy to something, anything, just so I don't burn out. Here's me talking to Ruth Bender-Atik, director of the Miscarriage Association, during that time. It's early in the day. If I remember right, it was about 7am. You might be able to hear the birds outside. They seem to be louder during lockdown. Hello, Ruth. Hi. Oh, hi. Hopefully this is working okay. <laughs> yes, you're absolutely fine. And you have the benefit of a whopping great microphone, whereas <laughs> I just have a little webcam. Ruth was able to join me online before she started work supporting people via the Miscarriage Association website. The coronavirus pandemic has taken the rug from under so many people in all sorts of areas, but particularly in, in this issue of, you know, do we try, don't we try? And the truth is that there isn't any clear advice. There are, um, there are things to consider, and I think people are considering them. And it's certainly um, something that, that the Association of Early Pregnancy Units has been talking about, the executive group. Um, well, what they've come up with is, is not advice and it's not a directive, but it's, it's saying, you know, you might want to consider whether it makes sense to, to delay trying to conceive. And, and that's about as strong as the message gets. And, and the reason that they're saying that is because you cannot tell people, you cannot instruct people um, what they should do, both because from a, you know, from a psychological point of view, it, it, it feels wrong. People have to make the decisions that are right for them. And also because we don't have enough science, we don't have enough clinical evidence to say whether becoming pregnant now makes you more at risk or not. I mean, people are getting pregnant anyhow, without kind of planning. Um, I think the things to consider from a, a pragmatic point of view are, and, and particularly if you've had a previous loss and, and you know what it feels like in those early weeks of pregnancy where you, you want to scan to see if the baby's okay. And, and if you have a scan and you see a heartbeat, it's enormously reassuring for about 30 minutes because then you want another one because you know you know it's only a snapshot and and you can't really feel terribly safe and comfortable because because you've been in that situation before so it's important to know that access to early scans and particularly um, you know scans for reassurance or to try and see what's happening with the baby it's harder to to get an NHS appointment for that now because because there is such a strain on NHS services and as much as much as early pregnancy units are are still operating they are doing far more in the way of selective um, invitations to people to come in and have a scan and they will generally restrict them to people who are bleeding who are actually in a situation where they really need some medical care. And this is what people are finding really difficult. I mean, going for a scan, many people are saying, um, going for a scan when you're very anxious and your partner can't come in with you 
can be really, really difficult. Yeah. It's difficult enough when there's two of you. Yeah. I think the moments if you were in the emergency pregnancy unit when I've been there and then you hear the bad news because they thought of me being there by myself. Yeah, that's got to be a bit daunting. You mentioned quite a bit about people talking with the miscarriage association. What support is available for couples who are making this decision right now? Well, I'm, I'm glad to say that our services, our support and information services are operating in different rooms. We're not in our office anymore. Everybody's working from home, but our helpline service is still up and running. So there are people answering our helpline, uh, replying to emails. We have a live chat facility and a lot of people use that. And outside the live chat hours, you can leave a message and we will get back to you. Um, I'm glad that we're still here because I feel that, you know, as much as our support and information services have always been important, they, they feel even more important now. It feels like the need is, is, is it greater? I don't know. It's different. It's the people who get in touch are just having a really tough time. It's almost heightened it for me. So I can imagine it's got to be the same for the couples in the situation that I'm in. Yeah. Also, we are all very conscious that because of restricted health services, more women are now miscarrying at home mm. rather than in hospital. And they're also having to deal with the physicality of loss and wondering what to do with the remains of their little, their little babies. I think two of mine went down the loo and I don't think I've ever really stomached the... Um, yeah <laughs> I laugh because it's easier but yeah it's not nice so but do you know what somebody said something to us and this was years and years and years ago she said that she had told a friend of hers in tears that she had flushed the remains of her pregnancy she'd essentially flushed her baby down the toilet and she felt awful about it and she told us that her friend had said well do you know it might not have been what you planned but just think of your baby whooshing down all of the pipes along and along and along all these pipes and systems and then going out to sea and just bobbing along along the waves under a starlit sky. COVID-19 really did put a spanner in the works with any plans Lee and I had to try again. When I started planning this podcast, this episode was going to set the scene on us trying again and navigating through all the ups and downs of that. Now, well, this is the chat we had. The last couple of times we've had our own parking space at the hospital. <laughs> it always is a Friday, you know it is. And Friday or Tuesday. And, you know, just we don't know how long this is going to go on for. And yes, we'll have a valid excuse of going to the hospital, but it's still going to be a stress on the NHS. Hmm. But then we put, if it gets pushed back, I'm going to be 40. This was the only year I felt mentally prepared to try Jesus. again. But we're just assuming I'm going to miscarry again. Yeah, because we can't get to the doctors in an appointment to get the drugs who do have a chance, maybe, of not having a miscarriage. But you got to think, the other thing is as well, there's still thousands and millions of babies being born each day even in this stressful scenario mm -hmm. you know the whole one born every minute thing mm -hmm. so you know there must be millions of healthy babies born every day mm -hmm. around the world this is what doesn't help they don't feel it's just really cruel why what is cruel the whole thing well it's a horrible situation we're in yeah 
It happens. It's happened before on a much grander scale. Yeah, I know. It's just typical. That's us, though. We can't do anything simple. Just makes me, I don't know, not fair. No, but then, then the whole path that we've been down isn't fair, is it? We evaluate the scenario in a couple of months' time and see where we are. So there's never going to be a good time. No, there's never going to be a good time. But it just feels like the no good time has been heightened to the point of like, oh yeah, you might miscarry and they go and take pills and you still might miscarry. But then also, yeah, here's a massive global health pandemic. It's like, what else are they going to chuck? I honestly feel like I just... Well, it pisses me right off. <laughs> I know, but, you know, really we're in the scenario off. we're in and it's not just us. I'm sure I'm going to be coming back to coronavirus and all the strangeness that it's brought us. And I can't imagine that's the end of the trying again conversation either. In episode two, I'll be looking back at my story so far. It's the only time I'm going to do this, but I think it will give you an idea about why I'm here talking about baby loss. If you're here because you need some support, please know you're not alone. I'm here if you want to share your story and there's links to help available on tryingagainpodcast.com. This episode was produced by me in my spare room with a duvet for a sound barrier and a camp table for a desk. The music is Small Bump by Ed Sheeran. A huge thank you to Ruth Bender-Atigue for joining me on this episode and for those who've offered their time and advice to help me get to this point. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast so that you don't miss an episode. You can wrap your fingers round.